Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Bismillahir Rahman Rahim Bismillahi walhamdulillahi was salatu was salamu ala rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam Dear brothers and sisters respected elders and beloved youth Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu And to our non-Muslim viewers good evening On behalf of Al-Waqia TV we would like to welcome you to our program tonight where this week, inshallah, Hezbollah Tahrir America will carry out discussion on the topic of Biden presidency, where now for America. As we all know that U.S. elections are now over, and on January 20th, 2021, Biden will take over the reins of power in the U.S. The series of events since Trump started his campaign till the riots in the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, followed by his second impeachment and the events that are still unfolding whilst the transition of power is taking place, show the people of the world the failure of secular, capitalist, democratic model. One of the clearest pictures of this was presented with these riots, where people who belong to the democratic world's leading nation have become disenchanted with the various with the very institutions that they once were so proud of. They also show the readiness of people for change and their despair and unwillingness to continue with the old model. However, they are lost as no alternative model is in implementation currently on the global scale. With the current elections, Many have pinned their hopes with Biden to heal a divided nation and rebuild trust in democracy domestically as well as reposition U.S. as the leader of the secular capitalist world order globally. Inshallah, tonight we have with us Dr. Abdul Rafe. Inshallah, Dr. Abdul Rafe will help us address the following main questions. Number one, how can Biden help the U.S. nation heal domestically? What should other countries and nations expect from Biden presidency? And will he help solve problems of the world, including the Muslim Ummah? And lastly, what is our responsibility as Muslims? And how can we help the American people and all the nations of the world move ahead. Our program tonight, inshallah, will be broken up in two segments. First, will be to address these topics. And in the second section, we will have Dr. Abdul Rafe address any questions that we receive from you, our viewers. 
So we request you to please send in your questions to our producer through the chat in Facebook and YouTube, inshallah. Brother Abdul Rafi, Assalamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Assalam, Jazakallah Khairan for having me. Jazakallah Khair for being here, inshallah. So, brother, before we go into the domestic and international affairs, we all know that one of the things that helps us understand the thinking of a person, and in this case, really, the thinking of the incoming administration is the company that he or she keeps. So what are your thoughts? What is your analysis related to some of the members of the incoming administration? Could you enlighten us, please, inshallah? Uh, for our guests who are joining in, uh, inshallah, this will be a beneficial discussion. Uh, now, to go to uh, the Biden administration, I mean, before going and discussing some of the uh, appointees, we have to kind of realize that this administration comes into power with uh, a different setting altogether. You know, we, what, we, what has transpired over the last week with the Capitol Hill being attacked, um, you know, and essentially an attack on the, the institutions by its very own people. You have a president taking power uh, or coming into power or getting inaugurated uh, with 20,000 National Guard troops essentially escorting him to office. So instead of an administration that is is seen as a welcome change to four years of Trump, uh, where people are jubilated, they are happy about a, a, a administration coming in. Uh, there is none of that. What what we are seeing is that the people uh, are being um, essentially the administration rather is being guarded by twenty thousand troops so that this person Biden can take uh, take his oath of office. So it's quite different from what we have seen happening with uh, several other administrations where uh, the transition of power has, has occurred. So this is, you know, in the media commentators across the political spectrum, uh, you know, they're using this term called the banana republic. And this is a, a, a sign of that, where you have you know, a National Guard protecting the incoming president. Um, and in that backdrop, what we see is that the new administration uh, that Biden has appointed, some of the appointees, uh, are nothing but uh, part of a revolving door of corporate interest, you know, and, 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 and a revolving door of ex-Obama appointees as well. So, for example, uh, Janet Yellen, right, she is the Secretary of Treasury, uh, uh, the, the nominee for the Secretary of Treasury. She was paid $7 million uh, by Wall Street corporations over the past two years. Now, this is from her own financial disclosures, right? Um, so groups, uh, companies like Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Google, um, um, City National Bank, uh, uh, UBS, Citadel, um, uh, and so on and so forth. So multiple corporations have paid this woman to do their, to do their bidding. Citigroup, for example, just uh, even just Citigroup paid about a million dollars uh, for nine speeches she gave, right? Um, similarly, another appointee, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Now, he got paid a million dollars, over a million dollars over the past two years uh, as being uh, as, as a consultant for a firm called West Exec Advisors. Now, 
this West Exec, West Executive Advisors, they are a consulting firm for uh, companies like uh, Blackstone, uh, Bank of America, Facebook, Uber, um, uh, the pharmaceutical giant Gilead, um, even Boeing and AT&T, oh, actually even, uh, even LinkedIn. So it's corporate interest playing its part yet again. Um, similarly, another appointee, the Director of National Intelligence, Avril Hines, um, now she used to be a principal and a consultant at the West Exec uh, Advisors as well, right? Uh, she got paid about $200,000 uh, just for uh, by a company called Palantir. Uh, Palantir, it's, it's a data mining company and works uh, as a US intelligence contractor. You know, now both these appointees, right, uh, they were associated with a special purpose acquisition company called um, Pine, Island, Pine Island Acquisition, right? Now these these special uh, purpose acquisition companies, you know, essentially they are these, these uh, blank check shell corporations designed to take companies public without uh, going through a traditional IPO process. Now, and this uh, this Pinan Island acquisition company is closely associated with the Biden administration. Now, this is all legal. This is where you know big money comes in unchecked uh, and allows for certain ex certain officials that were part of these corporations to get into power or into the halls of power, rub shoulders with administration officials to pass their agenda. Now, if you can see, just by this particular company, as I've as I mentioned, this Pine Island, you know, they went public just six days before Blinken was uh, announced as uh, the um, uh, as the Secretary of State. Now, in their filing, they said, you know, quote, we have unusual access to new opportunities. <laughs> now, what is this unusual access? It's basically their guy is in power, right? Uh, similarly, an another appointee, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. No, he's also associated with this firm uh, called Pine Island, Pine Island, uh, uh, Pine Island uh, Acquisition Corporation. Now, you know, the first African-American uh, defense, uh, so not first African, but he's African-American, Lloyd Austin. He's a retired uh, army uh, general. He retired in 2016. Now, traditionally, what happens is that um, there is a seven-year waiting period before a person can get into government service after he leaves active duty. Now, that principle, that law, will be circumvented to allow Lloyd Austin to become uh, defense secretary. And, 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 and he was part of the uh, closely associated with Pine Island as, as well. Moreover, this is the same person who was on the board of Raytheon, all right? Raytheon is one of the bigger uh, defense contractors as well. You know, so list goes on, and, and I can we can go through a few of a few more of the uh, so-called uh, appointees. Uh, Nira Tandon, you know, she's going to be the head, uh, the director of the Office of Management and and Budget, right? Uh, now she was part of the uh, Obama administration, and in 2011, uh, uh, in the, in one of these leaked uh, WikiLeaked uh, emails, private emails, uh, she basically said that. It doesn't seem crazy for the United States to pay itself back in oil for its intervention in Libya, right? So you can see how hawkish certain the, uh, certain uh, officials are. Uh, and now this is not this is no different. Now what Nira Tandon said is no different than what uh, Trump had said a few years back when he said that we should take Iraq's oil and pay it for ourselves, pay back ourselves for our uh, our losses there.
right? Um, another appointee, um, we can go through um, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. You know, he is the Secretary of Homeland Security. Now, th this is uh, this is also interesting that this guy, Alejandro Mayorkas, he was the Deputy Homeland Security under the Obama administration. Right, uh, and over the and, and and under the Obama administration, um, he was the deporter in chief. Right, he deported more people out of the United States compared to any other president combined. Now, this same guy, Alejandro Mayorkas, now becomes Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, and he got paid uh, three million over the past two years as a corporate lawyer, uh, basically. Uh, advising companies like Airbnb, Northam, uh, Northam, uh, Northrop uh, Grum Grumman, which is the uh, which is a defense contractor, uh, T-Mobile, uh, Uber, and and uh, and uh, um, Intuit, which which makes a software called TurboTax. Right now, this is the guy who who actually defended uh, Intuit or TurboTax. Uh, against the the uh, the lawsuits brought against it because of consumer fraud and manipulating consumers to pay a lot of money, which uh, for, for for filing their taxes. So he's a corporate lawyer, right? Uh, corporate lawyer that works for the benefits of these major multinational corporations. Uh, um, let's take uh, another example: uh, the the White House top economic advisor Brian Deese, right? Brian Deese. Uh, is an official that worked with BlackRock. Now, BlackRock is a multinational investment management corporation that manages assets worth about a trillion dollars. Right? He was uh, he was he was the, he he used to work with the Obama administration. Right? And during the Obama administration, he worked on uh, bailing out the auto industry. Right, so it's another corporate interest appointee. Uh, the list goes on; it just keeps going on of same sort of hawkish the uh, uh, administrative officials that work for big money, big corporations, and essentially uh, push government to serving the corporate interest. Um, we'll take another example: Susan Rice. Um, you know, she is going to be the White House Domestic Policy Council Director. Uh, so this this branch of government, domestic uh, domestic uh, domestic policy council director, uh, will she'll be managing immigration, healthcare, uh, racial inequality, and so forth. That's just the description. Uh, but and, and this is a different role for her. You know, she was an Obama appointee as well, um, and she served as the National Security Advisor during his era. Uh, and she was the ambassador to the United States. Now, this this person, she's a hawkish individual as well, uh, who supported military interventions in the Muslim world um, and continued to pay homage and patronage to the Israeli lobby. Right? Um, and, and, and look at this. Susan Rice, not just with the Obama administration, even during the Bush era, she used to work for the Brookings Institute. And in 2002, she basically parroted uh, Bush administration's uh, um, uh, language uh, about weapons of mass destruction in, in Iraq, and 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 in particular advocated for military intervention. Okay, and recently also she Susan Rice uh, uh, she advocated for selling weapons to Saudi Arabia for the its brutal war uh, against uh, Yemen. Right, um, so. You know, I, we can go through all of these, but these are the main appointees of this administration that's coming in. Um, you know, and of course, let's not forget uh, Joe Biden himself and, and the, the VP Auntie Kamala, right? 
<laughs> so these are ardent, both of them are ardent Zionist. Uh, Netanyahu, for example, as soon as the election uh, was over, uh, Biden was, was announced as, uh, as the, uh, the, the victorious one. Uh, Netanyahu tweeted saying that, thank you, welcome. Thank you for your 40 years of service uh, to the, uh, uh, the uh, thank you, you're the 40 for, for the Israeli entity. Right, um, and and you know, in one of his previous interview, in previous statements, he basically said, "Quote: U.S. would invent uh, uh, an Israel. U.S. would invent uh, a uh, a Zionist entity if it needed to." Right, uh, sim and, and and further, he says that look, if I were a Jew, I would be a Zionist. Right. Um, similarly, Kamala Harris, you know, she has been committed to the Zionist entity. For, for for years, right? Uh, she has been a career prosecutor, uh, notorious for putting, uh, giving harsh sentences against uh, minority communities, especially black people, right? Uh, um, and, and, and she basically said that we're committed to this Zionist entity and we'll be giving it and, and, and aiding it with that $38 billion worth of military aid over the next 10 years. Uh, so, all of such, I mean, this is just an example. I mean, this is just the same sort of corporate interest. The, the cycle continues um, where the United States is essentially at, uh, runs at the behest of major corporations and, uh, and, and, and the certain foreign policy that's implemented or internal policy that's implemented so as to preserve its, uh, you know, um, its, 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 uh, it's uh, it's ideology essentially, right? Um, and I'll I'll end with this. I mean, this is just for our viewers to understand. And it's like, look, uh, in in 2014 there was a study published by Princeton where it said that the United States is an oligarchy, and it, in that study it it revealed that the local politics, right, whether it is local uh, in, in national politics or international politics, uh, the people essentially have little to no effect on changing that. Right, it's essentially an oligarchy, uh, and you can see that with every administration that comes in, the Biden administration is no different. Jazakallah uh, khair, brother. Um, that's a very important point you mentioned, and in basically what you showed us is the whole corporate interest being engaged. As we know, we are living in a capitalist world order, and capitalist world order, the corporate interests take precedence over the public interest. Actually, now in this context and understanding the context of the whole capitalist democratic world order, as well as all the situations that happened with uh, in fact, over the past four years. Um, and, you know, we still need to understand from you or help understanding from you. How would, um, how would Biden administration handle the domestic issues? Okay, mm -hmm. so we have many issues as we understand. You know, in the last four years have made them very apparent. These issues are not new. They have been always there. I mean, we have lived here for a long time now, many years, many decades, and we have seen these same issues be debated left and right between the Democrats and the Republicans, the same agenda being discussed, no solutions ever coming out. The problems have already always been there. It's just been exposed more or made more clear for the people, basically. For example, we have this, uh, you know, the, the systematic racism. It's not new. The blacks have lived through it for many years. The Native Americans have lived through it for many years, but it became big recently. Okay. 
Um, it's like the days of the KKK came back here. Now, or the injustice, you know, either of the law, like the brutality of the judicial system towards the people of color, which you just mentioned. For example, the VP, uh, the VP who's elect, being one of those judges, being unjust more towards the color people of color. Okay, so the the judicial system's injustice, the economic injustice. Okay, poverty is not new. Okay, it it, it just got bigger because of the pandemic that took place and how it was managed. But we know for years how many people live in hunger in the United States. The stats from two, three years back were 40 million people in the United States living hungry. Okay, the corporate greed, which you very well put together talking about the folks who are coming in the administration, that they'll continue to rep represent that the minority rights, including us Muslims who live over here. What should we expect from Biden administration as related to these domestic issues? Can you help us understand? Yeah, Zakala, I mean, that's, you know, that's a pretty significant issue that the new administration has to handle. Uh, Biden, he said that he, you know, he wants to win the confidence of the people, uh, win their hearts uh, and so forth. And, and, and to be honest, I think that's going to be very, very difficult, not just for him or any other administration that comes in in the, in the future. You know, um, and, and some of the th things you've mentioned are, 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 are the symptoms of what we're seeing. You know, United States, it's a highly divided nation. Uh, it is divided uh, um, across political issues, it's divided across economic issues, uh, cultural and racial, you know. So it's a pretty fractured nation and the events of the Capitol Hill or the ones that have occurred in the past four years, it, it shows how deep these fault lines go. Uh, and what we've seen in the recent years or in just even the last week is that it's coming apart at its seams, you know. When you have its own people attacking it's sacred so-called institutions. And this is what the media kept repeating over the course of this past week that, you know, our values or our, our freedoms, our, 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 uh, our Capitol Hill, these are our sacred foundations, sacred institutions. You know, this is attack on their own gods. It's an attack on its own democracy by its own very people. And, and, and one of the other things, um, um, you, 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 we, we have seen also is that these major tech corporations uh, like Facebook, YouTube, uh, Google, and, and so forth, canceling free speech. They cancel their own president, right? So these are major trends that are happening uh, within the United States, right? Um, and just to kind of hone in on a few things, uh, uh, if you talk about economic issues, right? Uh, there has been the greatest transference of wealth upwards towards the elite just by the passing of this so-called CARES Act that, that pushed $2 trillion towards the elite with the, the pandemic coming in. And this is no different than uh, what Obama did when he bailed out uh, the, the financial sector in 2008, right? And, 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 and to further expound on this, you see that, you know, in the United States, 650 billionaires that uh, their wealth actually increased in these past few months to $1.1 trillion in total, right? So you, and, and plus on the other side, you're seeing millions of people who don't have enough money to pay their rent, pay their mortgages, pay for their cars, and they're unemployed. There is a complete economic divide where the poor gets further squeezed down, the middle class gets squeezed down, and the rich and the more powerful and the elite. Uh, and this is the nature of capitalism and a secular democracy. 
they continue to gain more uh, more money, more value, more power, right? Um, uh, and this is across party lines. Another example is that for the Bush era tax cuts that happened, right, during his administration, they were made permanent by Obama, a Democrat, right, which continued to benefit the elite. So this is across party lines, and this is the system working. It is not uh, Republicans versus Democrats. We're fighting over how much uh, crumbs to pay the people, right? This is a systemic issue, right? Uh, the $600 that we got just recently do not even pay for a studio apartment. I mean, uh, it, it's nothing. Now, Biden comes along and says, oh, you know what, politically, let me gain some uh, uh, some brownie pounds. I'll, I'll, I'll give you two, two grand, right, of stimulus check. <laughs> it doesn't help, right? You have millions of people who have lost their jobs, who don't have, uh, who, who are behind on their mortgages, behind on their rents, businesses going under, uh, and so forth, right? So it, well, it wanna, is, yeah. If you, let me say something here, which, because I want to point out this factor that you mentioned. If you remember just a few days back, Trump was actually talking about that, hey, $600 is not enough. You need to pay people $2,000. Recently, right, yeah. we got articles in the newspaper as soon as he's out of pocket or he's being, uh, you know, he's being um, voted out. The Mr. Biden's package is coming out now with fourteen hundred dollars. So there's <laughs> yeah. something that Trump knew that, OK, look, it's the administration. Uh, you know, the, 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 the corporations have already agreed we're going to give this much money out, but they don't want Trump to do it. Now they want Biden to do it. So but it's it. basically right. the whole policy is still the same. $600 came first, now to support Mr. Biden, $1,400 will come out, and then within a few weeks, people will be poor again, basically. Correct. You know? Yeah. So um, it's an interesting um, phenomenon. Yes, it is, definitely. And and, and if, if we want to further continue this, I mean, this issue of, uh, even even if you want to bring in the cultural divide, right, the conservative versus the liberals, the evangelical Christians, the, the, the South that continues to support Trump and thinks that he's the savior of the average man, the, the, the man in, in, in the truck on the farm, you know, with his baseball hat, you know, versus the, you know, the corporate elite, the elitist of the New York, uh, you know, Wall Street, etc. There is there is an ideological, cultural fault line there as well. Uh, and, and you can see just the nature of how Biden is, uh, you know, in a career politician, he's not, he knows what to say, when to say it, when to take advantage, right? Uh, he had a meeting recently with the civil rights leaders, right? Uh, it was a Zoom meeting and then the, the whole audio was posted later on. He essentially, if you, if you watch certain segments of it, he's essentially scolding the civil rights uh, leaders for, for basically asking him to fulfill his promises, uh, his, uh, his campaign promises. He, he basically scolded them and he even derided the idea of executive action. Uh, he basically said he's not going to do it, right? Uh, they asked for a plan. What are you going to do? And he would not even give a plan. All he said, look, I spoke about black rights. That's it, right? I've done more just by speaking about this than anybody else. Uh, so you can just see the nature of, of how he, he is when it really comes down to uh, uh, the nitty-gritty stuff when it comes down to policy. Another thing I forgot to mention, look, Biden is the same guy. In 1994, he wrote the bill uh, to the the, the uh, crime bill, right? This is the, the person who actually allowed, or this bill was uh, was what caused millions of African American people to get persecuted further by the uh, by the uh, by the judicial system and the police, 
right? He wrote that, right? Um, so it, it's, it is very difficult to see how he's going to be able to bring the people together on, on, on these issues. Uh, you, you mentioned about the, the, uh, the um, food crisis. You know, recently, I think the number has gone up. You know, Feeding America, uh, the Feeding America website said it's 50 million people who have no access to basic necessity of food. You know, we saw thousands of people lined up in, in uh, uh, at food banks, you know, uh, in Texas just to get food, right? Uh, so you, you, have, you have that sort of dynamics. How are you gonna solve this, right? Uh, so against all of this, against this background, it is very difficult to see Biden, uh, Biden and his administration heal a nation. Right. It was very difficult to see if you'll be able to remove this deep-seated mistrust in the system, deep-seated divides across several issues. Right. What I think we will see uh, is that United States, and especially with, with the Biden administration, and, and uh, um, you know, I, I see Mitch McConnell, for example. He, he's, you know, this guy, you know. He, you know, he changes uh, wherever the wind blows, right? So now he's okay about impeaching Trump. So you will probably see uh, Trump will be sacrificed at the altar of democracy, right? Um, uh, whether he gets impeached or doesn't get impeached, nonetheless, it is an example to be made of so that uh, people retain some belief in the system, right? Uh, but what is likely to happen, you will probably see further violent clashes between conservatives or liberals, between uh, the right or the left, between these cultural wars, uh, between people who are of the the Trump campaign uh, or the people who, in generally, are in need versus the uh, uh, versus the deep state. Let's say, if you want to use that term. Okay, so there is possibility of that, and potentially leading to furthering a further fracture of American politics and American society. Um, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, just to kind of finalize this issue here, that right? eight years of a black president, right, Obama, he was unable to bring the country together. Rather, he actually it resulted in a further divide of another of of the nation, right. So you see, if Obama is not able to, you know, a minority, an African American at the at the at the helm of power, um, it's unlikely to happen uh, uh, per se. What this shows, uh, and I'll end with this point, I think, is that this is the failure of secular democracy to actually take care of the people, to actually bring these divisions uh, to uh, close up, close these divisions, and and like you said earlier, this has existed for decades this has existed ever since the united states has been uh, a global power right these divisions have been there they have been tucked underneath the carpet and covered because of uh, american foreign interventions and the issues that were happening at home where where uh, where we're not given the limelight but things have changed things have definitely changed. So the divisions are essentially maintained and will continue to be created by the system. And it's the failure. And that's what we have to realize. And I think our audience needs to realize this is that, you know, regardless of which administration takes, uh, takes, takes control of the, of the reins of power, you're essentially sitting on a failed ideological system or a failing ideological system and its institutions where now America can see itself in the mirror.
the events of Capitol Hill is America looking at itself. This is the this is something that rest of the world knew about. This is something that we in in the Muslim lands or in, in South America we have faced the brutality of the American system with its interventions, with its mass killings, with its uh, assassinations and and and. Uh, wars that that we have suffered through right with this corporate greed uh, essentially uh, you know um, depleting the resources of the people and moving them further into poverty and, and and persecution now america can see itself in the mirror so what has happened and what will happen in in the next future is where the the people can see who they who america is none of these false pretty images of uh, America, this benevolent empire, right? This benevolent uh, nation state that takes care of the people and it's, and it's the policing, uh, the polices the world. Uh, none of that. This is this is who America is, and that was what was seen. Well, actually, I think I would like to add something to what you said, Brother Durafe, which yeah. is it's actually showing the failure and the showing actually. Uh, the the system losing the hearts and minds of its own people because it cannot yes. even take care of its own people that's a yeah. big problem and it's actually exposed it's not previously we used to think oh you know pakistan well we you know we are a third world nation oh india is a third world <laughs> nation oh this iran is a third world nation afghanistan has been bombed out iraq has been destroyed syria has been you know bombed out so we you know many of us muslims and even the non muslims would think that look this is a problem like some of the quotes we heard which is this mm -hmm. this is something that happens in a banana republic not in the united states in the yeah. united states actually this is really you know the the system exposing itself at its height of exposition or its its depths of failure where its own people's problems it cannot address so they should not be preaching the world about democracy or capitalism they are actually exposing the world to the world sure yeah it's, 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 a, it's a, the chickens come home to roost right i mean uh, yeah, <laughs> brother malcolm's uh, words come yeah malcolm's statement right, right? Uh, yeah. Subhanallah. I mean, it's it's there, there's a certain sense of arrogance also in there. Is that oh, this doesn't happen here. This happens in other countries, Banana Republic, etc. Right? They are the ones who created these Banana Republics, right? Much of the cause yeah, sure, for the existence of Banana Republic. Sorry. We we'll talk about it very soon. Inshallah, yeah, okay, we'll talk about it in the next next part. Okay. Because that's my next right. question to you, Inshallah. Sure. But the point being very yeah. true, which is it's a it's the 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 case is it is here and people have lost faith in the system here the other point that was very important that you mentioned which is mr obama's presidency mr trump came as a president after obama's presidency okay so it showed the failure even of the obama presidency where trump was put into power and now trump is out and biden is in so it's back and mm -hmm. forth, back and forth, back and forth. The cycle continues and people continue to suffer. I mean, you know, it's, it's really sad to think about it, that people continue to suffer. And yeah. now Biden presidency will give, as uh, Malcolm said, will give the Novakin, right? So people will become <laughs> a little bit desensitized. 
or they will now you 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 have seen this we have seen this in our neighborhoods the cbd the cannabis stores have become open all over right they have even physically yeah. pumped cannabis into the people's minds <laughs> i mean it's it's so pathetic yeah honestly the people have lost hope and it's so sad that yeah. humanity continues to suffer it's so sad and let we'll talk let's now talk inshallah turn our attention to the international affairs <clears throat> that you know one of the defining elements of Ms. trump's administration was his approach towards international relations of america first and everybody who else who cares about everybody else basically mm-hmm. how to exploit the world in a sense and he was really doing a pure capitalist model as best as he could in that reality but that was a very clear defining moment how he dealt with the world arena what should we expect of the incoming biden administration and if possible could you address some of the you know the the issues that we have been seeing so for example if you could address mexico and the, how mm-hmm. would we deal with the mexico basically okay. the china yeah. and the trade wars sorry go ahead brother Time, um, no, I, I think, you know, before kind of going into some integrity foreign policy stuff, I, there needs to be a basis on which we understand America uh, and American engagement uh, across the world and what America represents. Uh, you, know, you know, United States is a ideological nation. Um, it's an ideological nation with a foreign policy that seeks to project its power across Europe and Asia. Um, you know, and, and, and that is from obviously an ideological perspective, uh, including military, political, and, 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 and uh, cultural, of, of course. Um, it seeks to um, control uh, access to energy, uh, whether it's gas, oil, um, other natural resources, and continues to, it wants to continue to maintain its influence in these regions, Middle East, uh, Eurasia, um, uh, uh, North Africa, uh, and, and so forth, right? Uh, the uh, the um, subcontinent and, and so on. Um, similarly, it, it to doing that, it also has to. Con- it also wants to maintain its dominance uh, across the seas, across shipping lanes, across international trade. Uh, and finally, it, it it wants, as an ideological nation, it wants to pre- project its um, its its ideology, its way of life across the globe, right? So we have to understand this from this perspective. Now, regardless of what administration comes in, it it will allow, it, it would want to maintain this sort of uh, premise, this sort of uh, agenda-driven um, approach to international, foreign, international relations and foreign policy. Now, what we may see uh, that the current crisis at home um, uh, will 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 at least weaken American power, American influence, American foreign policy dealings across uh, the global uh, spectrum, uh, because there is a crisis at home. Um, so dealing with international problems, uh, dealing with its international presence versus uh, pro- and projecting its uh, power across international affairs uh, and in different regions, it has to really think about this and how it it will continue to approach such a such a commitment uh, um, in, in the world. Now, what we have seen with Trump was a more of a nationalistic approach of this. So America first, and I don't care about international relations. I don't care about the UN. I don't care about our commitments to Europe and so forth. It became very nationalistic. 
Now, there might, what I think will happen uh, is there will be a, a change in, in, in the flavor of how American foreign policy is implemented. Um, so I th we have to be we have to be honest about this and and, and 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 critical as well is that what we will see most likely is that the rhetoric will change. Okay, so you're not going to have this, the blowhard bully on the block uh, Trump, but you would have this Biden, a career politician, knows how to speak, knows when to keep quiet, who knows how to speak to the media, and knows how to lie. Right. Uh, an example of this is if you if you remember. Um, Trump, he was on uh, Bill O'Reilly's show on Fox News, um, and they were discussing about uh, Putin assassinating journalists and, and so forth. Um, and at that time, his response, Trump's response was, well, <laughs> you know, you think uh, we, we, we are innocent, right? You think America is innocent? We ourselves have, I have a lot of killers, you know, I'm just kind of paraphrasing of what he said. Um, you know, uh, similarly, you know, when he talked, when he spoke about uh, Sisi, he says, where's my, where's my, where's my favorite dictator, Sisi, right? Uh, so Trump, you know, uh, you're not going to see that, you know, people, uh, nobody, basically, if you look at the media at that time, nobody said, hey, you know what, uh, this is not factual, it's not true, because everybody realized this is, this is true, but you're not supposed to say that. Uh, so Biden is not going to do this, right? Biden will continue to implement uh, the uh, uh, the neoliberal and imperial agenda of the United States, but with a different flavor altogether, right? Now, um, just to make a point here, uh, the, the issue here is how does he manage this? How does the new administration manage this? Where you have internal issues, you have uh, to take care of that versus you have an international situation where you have to maintain your power, maintain your presence. Uh, how does America kind of handle or juggle these two? So what we may, we, what we may think, I, what at least my understanding is, we, we can think that uh, if the internal conflicts are, um, are too much to resolve, the United States may start a new war. And, and the Biden administration or the Obama administration had has done this in the past compared to even uh, the Bush, right? Uh, you know, Obama and Biden were bombing seven Muslim countries. Uh, so you you can see to divert the attention of the the uh, the crisis at home, uh, further engage further conflicts. Uh, to to start further conflicts would redirect the attention of the people um, towards that, and this is actually good for. Uh, big business as well, right? What is good for business? Um, so some of the policies that Trump was able to implement, they uh, will continue to be implemented by the Biden administration, uh, but the style, the flavor, the wording uh, will change. Um, and, you know, this is something I mentioned before also, is the same thing as what uh, Malcolm X used to say, right? It's the wolf or the fox, right? Trump the wolf with his teeth out, know he's going to hurt you, versus the fox that smiles but will also kill you. Um, Obama administration was the same. So you will have a certain change in language and rhetoric, but the policies, as I initially outlined, right, the foreign policy goals the United States has, which is to dominate Europe and Asia, to control energy resources and maintain its political presence, um, um, dominate the seas and the shipping lanes and the trade, uh, and promote Western ideology. These are its goals. And now it will continue to try and achieve those goals, but maybe with a different style. Um, 
I, I hope that clarifies. Uh, now, if you want to specifically yeah. speak about certain nations, I think you mentioned uh, Mexico. Um, you know, Mexico, the main issue here with Mexico and the Mexican border for the United States is the border security, right? Um, um, you know, Obama, Biden administration, they deported more people, right? That's why he was called the deporter in chief, more people than any other presidents combined. So the, and plus the, the cages that Trump housed the children in, these were built by the Obama administration. So uh, the issue of immigration with Mexico will also be still an issue with Biden. And I don't think that's going to change much. I don't think they're going to open up the borders and allow more people to come in and be more friendly. Uh, there will still be a blockage uh, of people coming in across the border. The rhetoric will change uh, just because, you know, the, the Democrats are seen as being pro uh, immigration, but the facts are quite different. What do you think uh, about the China and the trade war with China, inshallah? Um, there was an interview in, in New York Times uh, done by Thomas Friedman, um, you know, a, a journalist uh, who's always who's been with the uh, New York Times for for uh, for quite a while. Uh, and this is guy. This guy, by the way, just an inside comment. You know, he's more of a propagandist, propaganda person than actually a journalist. This is the same guy that advocated for war in Iraq. Uh, he's supposed to be a liberal, by the way, right? From a liberal newspaper, from a liberal uh, perspective of politics and, and, and liberalism and promoting liberalism and all that stuff. All that, you know, nonsense. But this is the guy who promoted the uh, and continues to uh, uh, defend his position on Iraq. But he used to write articles. Uh, this is our um, this is uh, this is our beckoning, right? This is this is we need to intervene and so forth. Anyway, uh, the point being that this person who's supposed to be from a liberal newspaper, who's supposed to be anti-war, etc., is an establishment figure. But anyhow, so he did an interview with Joe Biden recently, and and. Uh, um, uh, asked him about the situation with China. And uh, Biden, in that interview, he says that he is not going to immediately cancel any of the trade agreements that Trump uh, made with China. Uh, and, and nor is he going to take steps to remove these tariffs uh, on Chinese exports. So uh, from, the, from the horse's mouth itself, you know, China will continue to uh, will, will, will the trade war will continue to go on. These tariffs will continue, um, and he's saying this himself. He's not going to try and um, uh, cancel the trade war that or the trade agreements that Trump has um, has uh, had initiated. What he'll probably do <clears throat> was that he'll probably build a, 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 an alliance with other nations to deal with the deal with the rising China, um, and this will be a little bit different than what Trump did, which is, you know, go it alone. Um, so that may, may, may differ in terms of how the United States engages with China. Uh, it will try and maybe uh, work with Europe on this matter. But nonetheless, um, um, as Biden himself said it, he's not going to reverse the tariffs. He's not going to cancel the trade agreement, nor is he going to change the trade, trade agreement or sign a new agreement. What about, um, what about Europe? In the light of Brexit, as you just pointed out about, you know, you started talking about it. Let's talk about that a little bit more, inshallah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. Just before, uh, yeah, just after the elections on uh, the European Union, 
um, you know, fulfill or sign an agreement with, uh, with China. They, they had been negotiating this agreement for about seven years. Uh, but on December 30th of last year, uh, the European Union basically made this trademark deal with, with, with China. It's called the um, um, Comprehensive Agreement of Investment, right? Um, and it and that agreement allows European Union to have a bit of a stronger uh, footing and a bit of a better engagement with uh, with China and against Washington, um, um, especially after four years of this. Uh, yeah, of of Trump's antagonism against Europe, European Union, um, you know the the uh, European Commission, the, the the president of the European Commission, um, uh, Ursula Ursula von der Leyen, she said that uh, she said quote that this agreement with China will provide unprecedented access to Chinese markets. Uh, for the European investors, uh, enabling you know the, uh, businesses to grow and, and create jobs, um, she further stated that look, this agreement will rebalance, rebalance our economic relationship with China. So um, you can see the U European Union is not going to sit back, uh, especially when it is seeing that the, uh, there is an opportunity for it to take advantage of American weakness in the international front. Um, so especially with China, for example, having a huge market, uh, this, is how, this is an opportunity, uh, especially with this new trade deal that they signed, to gain access to uh, uh, Chinese markets and allow for a better engagement uh, beyond American uh, influence with China. Um, and Brexit is going to be a bit of a, um, I think, a, a questionable issue of how it progresses. Um, so far, you know, the UK is dealing with uh, the rise in COVID and, and, and the ramifications of Brexit. I don't think have really come out to the fore. Um, but if you look at what the United States is probably thinking, and Biden, he said it himself in that interview with uh, Thomas Friedman, he said that he's not going to enter into any any new trade agreements with anybody okay until you know until issues at home are are solved so you can see where where he's coming from um so that is a, a bit of a discussion i think you, you, the uk and, and america will have uh but the logical step of, for brexit the next step would be to sign a new trade deal between the united states and the new uh, Brexit UK, uh, but I think this will this will take some time. I don't think they will be able to come to an agreement uh, soon. Might take a year or two, uh, but uh, you know the question of Northern Ireland is the big question. You know the the Good Friday Agreement, and what happens with uh, the relationship with Northern Ireland? You know is there is there going to be a hard border? These are questions still up in the air, um, and I don't think we'll have a quick resolution of any of these things, uh, but. You know, in terms of securing uh, trade between the United States and, and the UK, uh, this is something that I think they will have to resolve sooner. Uh, but at, at this point, um, I don't see there is being any much of a disruption between the, the trade between the United States and the UK. Um, interestingly, um, uh, John Major, the, the prime minister, the ex-prime minister, uh, he, he said uh, um, that, I'll, I'll quote, I think I have this here, I'll quote his, his, his comment on this, and which is interesting to show how uh, Britain sees itself now. It says like, he says, quote, suddenly we are no longer an irreplaceable bridge between Europe and America. We are now less relevant to them both. 
in recent decades, we have consoled ourselves that we punch above our weight in international affairs. Um, and I think that was true, but that was then and this is now. So you can see how the Britain is, is looking at itself at this point. Um, and John Major's comments are pretty revealing. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think especially for the Brexit between the United States and Britain, uh, that uh, trade deals will be still up in the air. But nonetheless, Britain, um, as historically it has been, um, a, a clever player in the international game, uh, will likely try and undermine American presence in, in, in certain regions. Uh, same with the European Union, because both European Union and the UK see American influence declining. Um, you've covered a lot, inshallah, and there is, as we know, I mean, there is a lot more to cover and we are continuing to run out of time. Before I move on in this same topic, I would like to remind our viewers that inshallah, the, after we go through a couple of more discussions in this way, we will have a section open where we will take the comments and questions from you. And we are live, so please continue to send us through the chat mechanism your comments and questions, inshallah. So, uh, Brother Abdurrahman, just in the interest of time, I would like you to sort of, in a summarized manner, talk a little bit about the relationship with the Muslim world, especially as in relation to the Zionist entity that is in the heart of the Muslim lands, the occupiers of Palestine. As we have seen recently, you know, a lot was being done to normalize relationship of the Muslim world with the Zionist entity. Um, also related to, if you can quickly touch on the topic of Iran, Inshallah, uh, that would be very helpful. But please try to uh, make your comment brief <laughs> as we are starting to run out of time now. Okay, exactly. Um, so, with the Zionist entity, um, you know, from what we said, you know, uh, Uncle Joe, Auntie Kamala, they are ardent Zionists. They will continue. They will not reverse any of Trump's policies or Trump's moves. They will continue to to uh, give you know, uh, the Zionist entity billions of dollars in aid, the 38 billion that has been promised uh, for in the next 10 years. Um, they're not going to change the the embassy's location, right? Um, and all of this will will will, will continue. Um, the um, um, it's functioning. The, 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 the American influence in this area uh, and American presence in this area, the Zionist entity helps them, right? So nothing's going to change. Uh, it, you know, these guys have always supported that for, for decades on end, and this will continue to be uh, uh, be an issue. Um, Unfortunately, the, the hopes that some people have had that Biden will somehow change the situation in the Middle East or be less, uh, 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 you know, uh, less of an aggressor, it's not going to it's not going to happen. And the, the honest truth, anybody who does political analysis will, will come to these these conclusions. Um, you know, he is not in terms of Iran, for example, um, he said that uh, the Biden administration will con will, will not uh, that they will they will probably they'll not lift the sanctions. They will say unless he said unless quote uh, Iran has strict compliance with the nuclear deal, which in simple speak means that Iran will never have compliance. Hence, uh, hence United States will not lift the sanctions. Uh, but I think it will work with uh, with uh, other nations uh, to form partners and allies and re maybe maybe sort of engage in negotiations. But the nuclear constraints, I think, will be uh, will still be present. Uh, 
but in terms of overall approach to American interference in the Muslim lands, you know, um, this will continue. The the so-called person Biden uh, and and Trump, sorry, Biden and Obama, that uh, in, for example, in just 2016, uh, they dropped three. Uh, I think the st statistics in 2016 was that uh, there were three bombs dropped every hour. So every every 24 hours, sorry. Uh, so three bombs dropped every hour for 24 hours, 24 hours a day, three bombs every hour. So this sort of intervention of American intervention in the, in the Middle East, American influence in, in reforming or re, uh, uh, secularizing Islam will continue. Uh, this goes beyond uh, uh, Republicans or Democrats. Um, that's very, very important for us to understand that, you know, based on what you are saying, the whole difference could be, you know, that this saying we have here, which is you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. It's one approach is the vinegar approach, yeah. which we are just coming out of. And now we are coming back to the honey approach. And you can read many books actually that's been written on the, on the way the, the Republicans and the Democrats work or the, the philosophical divide in their approach. But the bottom line is both represent the capitalist secular world order. And so they both work for the interests of the capitalist elite basically. So the exploitation of resources of the world is the bottom line for them. for that. Now, brother, inshallah, now comes the most important question that is in the hearts and minds of each of us Muslim. We be sitting here in the US or Britain or in Hejaz, even in the cities of Medina and Makkah or in any part of the Muslim or non-Muslim world, which is what is the obligation on us Muslims? What is the fur on us? And how can each one of us help? Could you please address this question from two important perspectives, okay? And please keep this perspective in mind. Number one, Muslims who are in the Muslim world, should we continue to try to strive towards the oppressive failed ideals of the secular capitalist democratic world order? Basically, they have been showing this as the, as the, the model. Should we continue to move towards that? If not, what should we do? And number two, what is the responsibility of us Muslims towards the non-Muslims, including the American nation? Okay. And how can we help them, especially us Muslims living in the West, living in the United States, living in Britain? How can we help them move forward? Inshallah. Exactly. I mean, this is this is the the million dollar question, as we say it uh, here in the states. But uh, what we, you know, what we have to realize that, especially over the past few weeks, what has happened, um, this shows the the decline of America. It shows the failure of a system. It shows the failure of secularism, democracy, capitalism, right? Uh, and this is an opportunity. If the, the events of Capitol Hill, what it really shows is that these gods of these institutions, this so-called empire that has built its, 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 uh, its, its civilization 
on these ideas of democracy and, and, and secularism and freedom, all of these are crumbling down. And it is a being where the, the, the gods of, of, of liberalism and democracy uh, are being, being, being uh, demolished by their very own people. And this is an example for us Muslims in, in the West as well as Muslims across the globe to realize and, and see that, look, you have an opportunity that we as Muslims have an opportunity. We are seeing a decline of American empire. We are seeing the 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 the, the fallacies of secular democracy. We are seeing the fallacies of liberalism, the fallacies of capitalism. We're seeing the contradictions within the own system and its inability to take care of people. We have seen the brutality that it has done against the 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 uh, South American people, against Africa, against, uh, against Muslims, against non-Muslims, uh, and so forth. We have suffered that brutality in these regions. And, and, and you can see that, that, uh, that, the, the, that palace is shattering, right? The, the glass ceiling is falling. Um, and so this is an opportunity if there was any more of, of a sign for the Muslims that this is an opportunity for us to offer a, a, a solution. Right, a, a solution that comes from our divine mandate, right, from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So, especially for Muslims, we have to broader, broaden our vision here, especially here in the United States, and and also as as Muslims across the globe, that we need to look beyond these lesser of two evils, electoral politics, nonsense, minority, um, uh, being a minority group, especially here in the states, and trying to. Uh, feed off scraps and, uh, and asking for concessions here, concessions there. Um, we need to move away from this. this. This sort of politics has failed. We need to look for a look at ourselves, not just as a, a simple minority, but rather a part of a global ummah with an alternative vision, with an alternative politics and alternative political vision. You know, no more of this so-called localized Islam pragmatism and political expediency. And furthermore, we're, you know, trying to shore up a failed or a failing system, right? We don't need to do that. We have a divine mandate. We have something better to offer, right? What more, what, what is more uh, service to humanity than, than calling for the deen of Islam? to calling for the system of Islam, calling for the Khilafah, for the Islamic State, for an ideological alternative, right? That is what we need to do. And that is what the Muslim world has to do. That is what the Muslims here in the, in the West have to do. That, especially in the West, because you live in this, in, in this, in this system. You see the fallacies. You see the, this, what the streets look like, right? You see what's happening in, in this nation and across the Western lands. There is no need to emulate this across the Muslim world. There is no need to take this, uh, uh, th these failed ideas as being solutions for humanity's problems. There is no solution other than the solution of Islam. So we have to discuss Islam from an ideological basis as a ideological alternative to the current order, right? Uh, so what we need to engage in is in, in prophetic politics based on the principles of Islam rather than pragmatism or political expediency or trying to shore up a failing system. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, for example, in Surah Al-Anfal, he says, بَعْدَ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ يَا هِيَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَسْتَجِيبُوا لِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ إِذَا دَعَاكُمْ لِمَا يُحْيِيكُمْ Right? That, you know, respond to this call from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger when they call you to what gives you life, 
what gives you life is the deen of Islam. So why not offer the solution of Islam as an ideological alternative, secularism, democracy, capitalism, whatever you have, right? All of these isms are not going to solve humanity's problems. They're continuing to see, we continue to see people suffering, whether Muslims or non-Muslims, you know. You know, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in another surah, in Surah Al-Fatah, and, and also in Surah Al-Tawbah, he says, in, in another version, he says, uh, right, uh, that uh, Allah has, he has sent Rasul sallallahu the messenger, with the deen of haq, the deen of guidance, the deen of truth, right, so that it may be superior over all other isms, all other religions, all other ways of life, over democracy, secularism, capitalism, what have you. And Allah is all sufficient and He's a witness. Uh, and the, the, in Surah Tawbah, it, it says that uh, even though the mushrikeen detested, the kuffar hated. And this is what it is, is that the, 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 the people, the mala, the people who, who, who benefit from this failed system of capitalism, the secular democracy they they are the ones that hate this they are the ones that hate the solution of islam and the solution of islam it is from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we have the ability and we have the opportunity to offer this to humanity and what better solution than the solution of islam and and not just on a religious basis not just with the rituals but we're talking about an ideological solution uh the way uh, economic economics works the way the political divisions are brought uh, are, are, brought, are brought together where how a society is built uh, harmoniously where divisions can be taken away right where you're not treated uh as a slave right uh, and and so on and so forth and this is again from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so for us, you know, uh, just to close on this, is that uh, we from Hizb tahrir we have been engaging on this issue with the Muslim world, with the people in the West uh, for, for, for decades, offering the Muslims and the non-Muslims an alternative vision, an alternative politics, an alternative future for humanity. Because this is our divine mandate. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are required to do this, right? So the, the system of Islam, uh, and we have published how it functions, how it takes care of poverty, how it takes care of bringing people together, uh, the system, the structure, and all that. So we, there's an immense literature that's out there. My message would be for the people to wake up and, and, and understand this ideological alternative, understand Islam from this perspective, study with Hezbollah Tahrir, engage with us, understand uh, that we have been leading this effort for decades. So, you know, be part of that effort, right? And, and, and especially for the Muslims in the Muslim world, forget democracy, forget secularism, forget capitalism. You have the deen of Islam, we have the aqidah of Islam. Let's actually implement it practically right and see to what to what elevation in our status goes to right how we progress how we elevate how we revive our our uh, our ummah right and become a powerful nation and we have have 1300 years uh, of history on this right where we dealt with nations on an intellectual basis on an ideological basis as an ummah right so so 
we we got to do this you know you, we have to offer islam as an alternative and in that effort work with us in that effort join our efforts uh, attend our lectures uh, debate with us doesn't matter we will discuss these issues right call people of authority especially in the muslim lands to to uh, to stop shoring up a failed system you know support the brothers of hizb brothers and sisters of hizb give us the nusra and we will implement the deen of islam right um, and we have been leading this effort um, and to the ulama right when uh, uh, you know allah says you know in inna ma they are the ones who fear allah the most the ulama we advise the ulama to carry this message right carry this message the ulama are listened to we have deep respect for the ulama the ulama need to come up and realize look the west has no solutions your deen, the Quran, the, the Sunnah of Rasul has a solution. The brothers working with Hezbo Tahrir has a solution. We have a, we are able to provide the way forward. Support us. The ulama, we advise them to 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 uh, work for this effort. You know, at least even have a positive view on this, right? And and, and finally, I'll, you know. Um, I think the message has to end. Uh, this the, the position that we keep is from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and we we have to realize that what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says: "Ya yuladin amunu in tansurullaha yansurukum wa yuthabbit aqdamakum." Right? O you who believe, Ya yuladin amunu. O you who believe, support Allah. He will support you, and plant your feet firmly on this team. I hope that answers the questions. Jazakallah khairan. Jazakallah khair, brother. Um, very well put. A very important point. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability, inshallah, to understand and carry this message. And inshallah, bring it, bring, help us bring this system back in this life where we can see its fruits as well, inshallah. Um, we'll now go to the next section of our um, of our meeting tonight and which is to address the Q&A from our viewers inshallah. Um, we do have some comments and a few questions that came in brother. The, um, the issue is this that while since you were talking and covering all the various topics some of the questions that came in may have already been addressed by you. So if you would mm -hmm. like to keep your comments a little bit brief that would be great. It's just in the interest of time. We want to just sure. make sure that we cover as many questions and comments as we can. So first I'll read a couple of comments that come in so that people are, can hear them. And inshallah, then I'll start with the questions in the sequence that we received them, basically. Um, and our viewers, uh, brothers and sisters, please um, continue to send your comments in through the chats. We'll cover as many as we can in the short time that we have left open for this uh, session, inshallah. So the first comment came from our brother, Abdul Muqeet. Um, uh, People feel increasingly disenfranchised from the capitalist system. The slide has continued through successive administrations, both Democrat and Republican. Capitol Hill protest is a watershed moment that brought this, this, that brought this disenfranchisement to the front. So he's just pointing out the fact and reiterating the fact that this last riots actually just brought the whole issue up close and up personal basically but the system failure and people's disenfranchisement with it has been going on for decades now 
The next comment came from uh, Brother Pasha. The comment is the people who stormed Capitol Hill are the same people who, when Obama were in power, kept on uploading fake news on social media, saying that Obama is a Muslim and he is secretly plotting with the Muslim Brotherhood to take over America and create a caliphate. Um, this is what we call the, the I believe, the, 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 the right over here. Um, and uh, yes, that has been the ba main base of supporters for Trump, and it continues to be the one that he caters to. So your comment is also accepted, Zakallah Khair, for making these comments, brothers. Now we'll go to the questions, brother of the Rafay. Um, so the, this is from Jay, who says, "Salam, brothers. Waalaikum assalam, wabarakatuh." Can Biden reach across the American cultural divide and heal the nation as he claims? Brother Abdul Rafi, would you like to address that, please? Um, yeah, I think simple. The answer is no. Uh, we did discuss this earlier, uh, but he does have a, a pension to actually reach across the aisle and work with the Republicans. He's shown that over his his 40-year career as a politician. But the divide is too deep uh, across several uh several lines uh, as we mentioned earlier uh but uh, simply i don't think he'll be able to okay. and for the brother you can kind of go back and and, and refer to a, a detailed answer previously the next question is from brother abdul alim uh, the brother says assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam where do you think we are going with all the tactics that the west and china and India and the Zionists and the hypocrisy of our Muslim rulers are adopting to neutralize Islam as a political ideology. Brother, would you like to address that, please? Um, no, I, I look at this from a positive limelight. Um, you know, this is the nature of uh, Islam. This is the nature of our deen, that the kuffar will attack us from every front. Uh, whether it is United States, the West in general, Britain, France, uh, and so forth, or or how what China is doing right now with the Uyghur Muslims, um, um, uh, or what India has been doing over the past few decades in, in Kashmir and Assam and, and so forth. Uh, what I look at this is that this polarization uh, in in the world um, where uh, the Muslims have become or have been receiving at the uh, uh, have been at the receiving end over the past few decades, this has actually caused, in reality, Muslims to look further into Islam. Um, and I, I look at it from a positive uh, limelight because uh, you see that the solutions that are being offered or have been offered, none of them have been working. And the ultimate solution, which is what we have been speaking about, the Islamic State, that will, will, will be much clearer in the minds of the Muslims. That there is no other there is no other way forward other than this so the intensity uh, will probably increase right um, and and this is the nature of of Islam in general uh, when the question comes when will victory come it comes out of um, um, out of nowhere sometimes because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in, in in command of that but we see progression into in intensifying the the conflict and obviously we don't like to see that but this is the nature of how things will go and if you just plot the last 20 years you see how uh, significant that that uh, how muslims have been suffering 
right? Every nation uh, has a plan against us, right? Uh, so from a positive perspective, you will see, insha'Allah, bi'ithnillah, the, the, uh, the, uh, the trajectory will be positive in our favor by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah, Jazakallah khair, brother. That is very important for us to remember that even with all the situation that's going on, this is actually a sign that the, 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 the forces that are against Islam, they really see Islam coming back. And that's why they continue to, to actually put more and more pressure and come up with new and new tools to continue to keep us away from our objective. At the same time, we continue to see more and more of Muslims understanding Islam and being clear about really the Islamic political systems, Islamic economic systems, the Islamic ideology as a deen, as a way of life, which Alhamdulillah and Inshallah will lead to a change and a an, very, very phenomenal change in the whole world arena. The next question is from uh, Brother Salim. His question is, what is the geopolitical significance of America being exposed to the world. Um, you know, I, I think we discussed this. Um, there is a, uh, just because of what is happening, uh, we did mention that, you know, the other powers, other great powers, whether it's Britain, European Union, Russia, uh, and so forth, will try and take advantage of American geopolitical decline or its presence um, across uh, the world. And they have been, you know, there was a, a, a few articles written over the past few years and books written on this uh, a term that was coined was the rise of the rest, you know, and it was speaking about uh, different nations, especially the European countries, Russia and so forth. So the competitiveness between these nations, these other ideological nations uh, will will come to fore, will they will be further conflict uh, and you have seen that that trend has been going on for the past 20 years where there has been more conflict in the world um, and you will probably see further conflict between these these powers, uh, whether it's Britain, UK, France, the Europeans uh, and, and Russia also playing a, a part in this. Unfortunately, uh, like dec previous decades, um, the, 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 the fodder for this conflict will be the weak, the Muslim world, Africa and South America, etc. Um, so you know, um, I mean, we can go into details in certain regions, but in general, that that's the trend that that you would see. Um, um, so much of it will be in Eurasian uh, presence in China and so forth. Uh, the European countries don't have much of an influence in South America because the United States considers South America as its backyard. So uh, you may not see significant developments in there where other nations try to influence those countries, but uh, you may see internal conflicts within those countries rising against American hegemony in that area. Uh, but the competition will most likely be in the uh, um, African countries, uh, uh, China, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, and the Middle East. So the players will continue to play the game, basically, and as we have seen, and even we have heard statements from the administration as well, or the people who are going to be in the new administration, that the other countries are seeing this as America becoming weak in the global arena and other powers trying to actually play that to their advantage. So we think it will, that will continue to happen as well. All right, we'll go to the next question, inshallah. 
This is from Brother Ashraf Nusayrat, who says um, Muslims in America rallied and voted for Biden, expecting a positions in the administration, but it did not happen. And there was frustration among those Muslims. What can you say about this? And I think at, at some point um, we, we need to come to this realization that, um, you know, we don't really matter right in this in 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 this game uh you know uh, you know you know this sort of political expediency aligning ourselves with the liberals with bernie with biden and and and, and playing the sort of lesser of two evils politics i think it's it's i think it's high time we we drop that um you know and this is just goes to a certain um you know putting your 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 chips in the same sort of Whole again and again and again and and and, and losing out. Um, you can see just an example. Uh, Biden at the beginning of the campaign, he basically said to one of the uh, Muslim politician, Muslim actors within the community here in the United States, you know, we don't want you. Thank you for your support, but you know, we don't want you. So uh, he uh, basically shoved uh, that sort of uh, um, um, uh, assistance, if you may call it. Uh, from this particular individual, um, so I think we we need to look beyond this, um, and, and and I say this with complete sincerity: is that look, this is not helping the Muslim cause. Uh, we put all of our hopes in, in Obama. He put more. He he increased uh, countering violent extremism programs in the communities, uh, especially in massages, and where our youth have been monitored uh, and and entrapped in these entrapment campaigns by the feds, um, and all under a you know barack hussein obama you're right uh, so let's let's look at the wolf and the and the uh uh fox properly okay i think one of the things we need to remember also is we are muslims and as muslims we are actually every action that we take has to be according to what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked us to do now, aligning ourselves with anyone who will implement kufr or implement that which is not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking us closer and closer to Jahannam. This is what we have to remember. And this is what we need to keep in mind that our, the destination that we seek is Jannah. And we, are, we have said that Islam is the message that has been sent by the creator of all so that people, not just Muslims, every human being can live the life as their creator intended. And if we do not offer that to the Muslims and the non-Muslims, then we as Muslims have not done our job. We have actually mm -hmm. shortchanged even the non-Muslims that we may be living amongst, basically. So we need to always remember our responsibility and go back to our deen and present our deen as the alternative. That's the real service we will do to for everyone, inshallah. All right, brother, we'll go to the next question. And we'll, inshallah, continue questions because I have actually a lot of questions that have come in. Uh, we'll continue for through these for another hopefully five minutes, then we'll start our conclusion, inshallah. But there is a lot coming in. And the brothers um, and sisters, if we do not get to your questions, uh, please, we'll try to 
cover them in subsequent programs, or you can visit our websites, uh, like uh, many websites we have, and you can actually download all the materials. We have many books available, many leaflets, analysis, many things available on all of our websites, including Hizbut Tahrir America, Hizbut Tahrir Britain, Hizbut Tahrir itself. Um, so please visit those and you'll see more and get actually answers in much more detail for all the questions you are raising, inshallah. The next question is from Brother Salim again. Um, actually, let me skip him because he already, I already read one of his questions. I'll go to a question of someone I haven't read, basically. And then if we have time, we'll come back to him. Um, the, this question is sort of already answered. What political vision should Muslims in America strive for and how well? So we have already covered that as part of your last response. So we'll go to the next one, which is by Brother Abdul, Abu Abdul Alim. He says, Asalaamu Alaikum, brother, dear brothers. May Allah reward you. There is no doubt that the attack from Trump followers is a sign of the weakness and downfall of America as a state. But we all know that America has in the past overcome internal clashes and issues before. They will this time come out on the other side weakened, of course. But isn't it just another inevitable part of the ideology, capitalism, where as the state comes out in, on the other side, adapted to the issues and will go on as the world's superpower as before? just in a new, maybe more weakened manner. And, and Jazakallah, I think that's a very good point. And I and do agree with the, with the, the brother Abu, Abu Abdul Alim. Um, you're right. I mean, that, you know, United States will continue to function. It's not going to completely become um, um, uh, a non-functioning state, right? It will continue to try and maintain its power. Um, you know, one of the studies, one of the policies that were that were actually discussed uh, in the Clinton administration was about how do you maintain American power? Because, you know, it, it came to its pinnacle after the Soviet Union collapsed. And then from there onward, for the past 30 years, the United States has been its its message or its position has been how do I maintain how do I maintain my presence and my power? So it's not about uh, gaining back to further up. It's about maintaining your presence, maintaining your power through the next thirty years or so. That's what we have seen. So um, yes, you, you you will see a decline. You will see the United States continue to work and function in a declined uh, way or in a weakened way. Uh, but you know uh, it will still function. Unless there is a there is a power that comes to challenge it, okay. Uh, at this point in time, uh, uh, the other powers are still quite weak. Whether it is UK, Russia, uh, uh, or the European Union with Britain and uh, with uh, France and, and Germany, and the European Union actually has further weakened because of Brexit. So uh, there is no. Uh, real power that can really challenge United States off its pedestal of the world's leading nation. Um, and hopefully, inshallah, what we envision is that the, the Khilafah state, the Islamic state, becomes that power that can challenge uh, United States for its position as a leading nation. Jazakallah khair. Um, Brother Abdul Ali, Abu Abdul Alim actually sent us a couple more questions, but I will skip them and I'll go to another uh, question that has come in. It's from Mike Reading. He, it's, um, it's from UK. He says, do Hizb have experts, specialists 
think tanks in dunya matters? Does Hizb have Islamic scholars that aren't just theologians, but that also have vast knowledge on dunya matters? This is a very um, interesting question, Brother Abdul Rafiq. <laughs> Go ahead. So I think the, the let me address the premise of the question initially. Uh, you know the idea of dunya matters uh, for us as Muslims. We we're not secular. We're not. We don't divide these issues between dunya and akhira, between uh, this world and that world, and so forth. We look at everything as one. Uh, so we're not. We don't look at Islam and our life and our aqidah and our belief systems as a Muslim as a secular. Uh, secular ideas. There is no distinctions in that. So what is uh, quote-unquote religious and what is political, it's one and the same Okay, for us. So we don't we don't look at it this like that. So even our what you may call dunya we matters, uh, it has a spiritual aspect to it. So it's all connected as one. So uh, to then answer the question specifically, yes, alhamdulillah, the Hizm have specialists that deal with issues related to economics, politics, foreign policy, uh, to uh, um, agricultural issues, for example, etc. So the Hizm does have that. Um, and if you've been watching this, um, you could see just myself and Ali, we've been discussing polit politics, right? Uh, so you can see that we have the ability and we do have resources and we've published multiple books on on issues related to uh, economics, politics, politics, issues related to ruling and so forth. Uh, so Alhamdulillah, the, the Hizb has thinkers and, and, and scholars who are well versed in the deen, uh, deen that does not look at our issues from a secular perspective. I hope that's actually a very important point that you made and that's why I was saying this is a very interesting question because this question many times we hear from the Muslims where there is a misconception and the misconception is because we live in a secular world order basically that the dunya is separate and the deen is separate what we have to always remember is that when we look at the aqidah the aqidah can either be secular which means there is Allah, there is a creator, he can, he has, you know, I only go to him when I have to do rituals, ibadat, basically, which is I want to do salah, or I want to do sayam, or I want to do hajj. But when it comes to the systems of life, like ruling, like economics, like social, like judicial, then I go to somewhere else. I go to the British common law, I go to the American constitution, I go to the Democratic Party, Republican Party, whatever, right? This is the misconception. This is secular aqidah. And if we as Muslims turn towards this, then we need to understand that we are going away from the aqidah of Islam. The Islamic aqidah is very clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of everything and everyone sent a message through the messenger Muhammad ibn Abdullah, which is known as Islam in the form of Quran and Sunnah. And it gives us how to organize the affairs of our life, basically. And we have to live our lives according to that, be it individual life, society life, the life of a nation, the relationship with other nations. We have to live and organize all of them according to this message. And on the day of judgment, he will ask us about it. It's as simple as that. Once we understand this, 
it becomes clear what Hizbut Tahrir has. Hizbut Tahrir has Muslims who are experts in all of these matters and we have written multiple books and multiple le lectures and multiple conferences and conventions throughout the world on these subjects. So please visit our websites, inshallah, get the materials and read through them and co connect with us everywhere. I'll start wrapping up. Jazakallah khair, Brother Abdul Rafi, for you being here and helping us through all of this discussion. And Jazakallah khair to our viewers for attending. At this time, we would like to conclude our session. And in tonight's discussion, it was clearly explained that if nothing else, then the last four years with the culminating events on January 6, 2021, are another set of evidences that show the failure and bankruptcy of secular capitalist democratic ideology and its biased systems. They have shown how it is built to fracture and divide a nation instead of uniting them and how it exploits any differences amongst the people and uses them for the benefit of the capitalist elite. This means that be it Trump or Biden, their approach may be different, honey and vinegar, or vinegar and honey, but both are a product of, and they represent the secular capitalist democratic ideology. So that's no matter who is in power, they do not have the motivation, nor the tools to solve the problems of the people. Furthermore, we clearly understand that with Trump leaving office and Biden coming into office, does, it does not change the imperial nature of the capitalist state. This means that the foreign policy of the United States will continue to be imperial in nature and they will continue to exploit the differences amongst people and nations of the world and continue to use tools like United Nations, International Monetary Fund, US foreign aid, military, trade agreements and more to continue to steal the resources of the nations of the world. If you would like to read more about the nature of capitalism and how policies of the capitalist imperial nations are implemented, you don't have to refer to the books written by the Muslims or by, the, by Hizbut Tahrir. You may just want to refer to some of the books like The Wealth of Nations, which was written by the father of the capitalism, Adam Smith, or A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, who talks about the exploitation of the Native Americans, or the Shock Doctrine by Naomi Klein, or Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins, or Imperial Hubris by Michael Schur, or Necessary Illusions, Thought Control in a Democratic Societies, or Manufacturing Consent. Both of these books have been written by Noam Chomsky and many others, be the books on capitalism itself or the books talking about the exploitation and the result of capitalism, they will show you its true nature. Finally, we clearly presented the path ahead for the Muslims living in the United States and every part of the world. The path being to fulfill the obligation that Allah SWT has given us. When he says in Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 110, كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةٍ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ تَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنْحَوْنِ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ Translation of the meaning of this ayah is, you are the best nation 
raised up for mankind. You enjoin what is right and forbid what is wrong and believe in Allah. In this ayah, Allah has made us Muslims the best nation race for mankind. The best nation because we enjoin the right, we call them to the haqq and we forbid what is wrong. Doesn't matter who they are, Muslim or non-Muslim. We call everyone to the haqq and we forbid everyone from the evil. And we have to carry this message. Now, we are the nation that has been given the responsibility of implementing and carrying the last message from the creator, the creator of all humans, the message of Islam on all creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be they Muslims and non-Muslims. It is our responsibility to carry and implement this message. The way to do this is by working to build public opinion for the implementation of the systems of Islam. Like Brother Abdul Rafi pointed out, political system of Islam, the Khilafah system, along with the economic system of Islam, the social system, the judicial system, and more. So that all of us together can reestablish the Islamic State and offer it as the alternate model to the failed secular capitalist democratic model. Now I want to point out one more thing. As individuals and as groups, we can do this by setting up seminars, lectures, debates, gatherings at home, in schools, colleges, universities, masajids, and even online, discussing the topics of the systems of Islam. We can write articles in magazines, newspapers, flyers, and online as well. We have to present the Islamic ideology along with its systems to the non-Muslims as well, so they can understand that their true hope of liberation from the oppression of other human beings in this life is only in the return of the Islamic Khilafah state, which will implement the mercy, the Rahmah of their creator, the message of Islam on them as well. So they can enjoy a life of peace, security and affluence that even they are struggling every day to see. Lastly, we would like to remind everyone of the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like what Barad Abdul Rafi quoted, the ayah from Surah Muhammad, ayah 7. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, in tansurullaha yansurukum, wa yuthabbit abdamakum. O you who believe, if you support Allah, He will support you and plant firmly your feet. Inshallah, let us work together to reestablish the Khilafah and Allah Taala will grant us victory, inshallah. This discussion will also be posted on YouTube. So please share it with your family and friends. And may Allah Taala forgive us, forgive our shortcomings. And may Allah Taala show us the truth as the truth and give us the courage to accept the truth as the truth. And may He Taala show us the falsehood as falsehood and help us reject the falsehood as falsehood. Ameen. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa lisar al-muslimin fastaghfiruhu innahu huwal ghafoorul rahim. Jazakallah khair wa assalamu alaikum.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.